Thank you for listening to Room 9, my daddy's podcast. Hope you enjoy. If you would like to help Room 9, please visit their support page. You can listen to Room 9 on your favorite podcast listening platform. Don't forget to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. Please like it. Room 9, if you better yourself, you better the world. Marketing, to a certain extent, might not even be as important to them as brands, because really understanding who they are and what what their purpose is in the patient's life and how to create, and this gets more to what you're doing, Sean, is like how to create that, that bond Mm-hmm. between the patient or you know like like the person seeking help and in the company that is huge i mean if you find out how to create a bond that made it be like you said through vlogs or podcasts or um or made made be you know more in a more literal sense you know branding how do you mm-hmm. talk as a as a company you know like how you know how 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 do your emails look and feel and and, and sound um you know who who are you you know and, and why would anyone remember you right and and a lot of that is the authenticity that these these companies already have just show that that was fabian geierhalter and for those who don't know who fabian is he's kind of a big deal (laughs) i was really really pumped to uh to have him on the show it was really cool i originally reached out to him when i first started falling in love with brand branding brand strategy all that other jazz when i reached out to him he answered me back and actually did a zoom call with me for probably i don't know about a half hour or so you know no strings attached and talked to me and gave me some advice and i'm now part of his once a month facebook group um he's written three books two of which I have read. Bigger Than This is one, How to Launch a Brand. Those two I read. His third book, who just came out more recently, is called Brand Therapy. I will leave all his links to his podcast, to his website, for his books. All that will be in the episode description. So be sure to check him out and see what he's got going. I know a lot of people who work in the behavioral health industry could really get a lot from it, especially if you're a decision maker at a company. You could definitely get a ton from this conversation. And it really comes back to everybody. I mean, all of us have a personal brand, right? And we all have to express that to people somehow. And it's just great advice to follow in general. So give this conversation a listen. He's from Austria. We get in a little bit of that in his journey here. And that is about it. It is January 4th today, 2021. On January 5th, 2021, we're doing a live conversation with Gary Vaynerchuk. Chances are, because this is being released a little later on the East Coast, this episode, that you will not listen to this beforehand, but it is also going to be released as a podcast episode on January 11th. So check that out. I will be talking to you guys very, very soon. I am pumped for the year. I am excited for what is to come, what is happening, even though... I have no control over it. I'm still excited for it. All right. I love you guys. Peace. Later. So, yeah, let's just go with it. Uh, Fabian, I've, I've I've listened to how many of your videos on YouTube now. It's been a lot over the last few months. I've read two of your books and everybody always mispronounces your name. <laughs> Not everybody. A lot of people do. And you're like, oh, good job. Good job. But I'm going to I'm going to go with it here and go Geierhalter and hope that's close enough with my American Irish accent there. That's pretty amazing. You yeah. nailed it. Did I? Good. Good. I was practicing in the mirror all day.
No, but yeah, I have heard people butchering it. I was like, oh, all right, I got to get the name right at least. But yeah, thanks again, man, for your time. Like I said, I've, you've been a huge influence of mine, honestly, to get into brand and strategy. And I randomly emailed you out of uh, desperation when I first kind of came across your content and your books and said, hey, you know, if you're ever willing to talk, I'm poor as hell. But if you ever have some few minutes to talk, and you did. So that was really cool. And now you're joining me in, on here. And I'm part of the group that meets once a month that you run. That's based off your podcast. So thanks again for uh, hanging out with me and chatting. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, my pleasure. And uh, and it was really cool getting to know you in, in the group. And uh, yeah, here, here we are. Like you said, here we are. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been a, it's going to be a pretty crazy month. I'm excited for the year. You are, like I said before recording, you are the first podcast of the year. So it's a great way to kick it off. I hope so. Let's see. You know, I wanted to dive more in, like we kind of talked about prior, some of what you're always on, obviously always talking about branding, strategy, what that is. I'm sure you always get asked, what do you even mean by brand? You know, that's the, what, the question that's always brought up. But I want to kind of start off on a different note and hear more about your journey. You're from originally from Austria. I don't even know. I think I read maybe, was that maybe half your life ago? I think I might have read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, so I was born in Vienna, Austria, and I've been there until I was about 19. And then I moved uh, to Switzerland, where I went to Art Center College of Design, which is a design school. Halfway through uh, my stay there, they closed the school um, because the school had an American main campus. And they decided to um, close the little European campus, which I was halfway through my studies. So that kind of blew. Um, so I had to move to, to Los Angeles from, uh, from Switzerland, which was back then crazy. I mean, literally, like the computers were huge and we had to put them on like cargo <laughs> ships. And it took freaking three months until I had a computer. And it was just like, man, I mean, it really, it really... Um, you know, makes me feel a little old, but it, it was a crazy experience. And so that's how I came to LA and I finished, I finished a uh, communication design, um, uh, you know, in, in school, um, which is basically it's, it's graphic design. Um, but you know, with, with a little bit more of a strategic, um, you know, aspect to it, mm -hmm. I just love the idea that it's called communication design. You know, <laughs> you actually communicate something rather than just making things pretty, which a lot of graphic designers, that's how they start. I just want to do stuff, stuff that's pretty right from the beginning. I'm like, no, I, I want to do stuff that's strategic, you know, that, that tells a story. Um, so yeah. And so after that, uh, you know, I did a couple of gigs. Uh, I was a creative director at a couple of companies. And then the minute that my green card came in um, and I could officially start my own studio, Studio, I basically started it out of the garage and had no idea what I was doing, right? Absolutely no idea. And uh, someone someone contacted me and she's like, hey, I want to intern for you. And I'm like, shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a loft. You know, there's a <laughs> bathtub on the left and there's a cat running around. But if you want to, you know, come on over and be my intern. And uh, and she ended up being my senior designer. And now she's, uh, she's you know, she worked at Google and now she's at Uber. And uh, and and so it was, it was a pretty crazy journey, just kind of like starting off, not knowing what you're doing. And then, uh, you know, more clients. Clients came in and, you know, and sooner than, you know, you've got an office, you've got a, a mm -hmm. bunch of employees and suddenly five employees turn into 10 and 10 turn into 15. And you're just flying by the seat of your pants, having no idea about entrepreneurship <laughs> and business at all. Right. And you're just kind of like yep. trying to wing it. And, um, 
and yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy. It's been a really, really cool ride. And uh, until it wasn't, uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's when I had my big pivotal pivotal moment um, where things just didn't quite go as, as planned. You know, the thing is when you're creative and you get into, you get into running your own business, um, you're still running your business because you're excited about it, mm-hmm. right? It's all about passion. So you love creating stuff. You love solving problems. Um, and business is just kind of like a side, you know, effect, right? And so it was, it was really crazy building a business that suddenly turns into a small agency with, you know, like, like 30, 40 clients, you know, 18 employees, you know, winning awards right and left. And then, you know, really not having the best contracts, you know, not really knowing how my end goal is, how I keep growing financially. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was, I was turning, I was turning 30 at the time and I'm like, shoot, you know, I, I give salary increases right and left, but I myself am kind of stagnant. Right. You know, and, and we started taking on every kind of job that we could get because I wanted to grow. And, you know, I was always the nice guy who's like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. And so there was absolutely oh, no structure yeah. when it came to that. Yeah. But on the outside, it looked really great. And we we won tons of awards. And so at the same time, something happened uh, that, that was really, really a pivotal moment for me um, in, in my life. And I think, you know, as it relates to your podcast, it was really a difficult time in my life too, where I had, I had a client that did work with us and then, you know, three, four years went by and and then suddenly he started buying real estate and he, and he bought, he bought hotels. He bought a bunch of hotels and he had no idea what he was doing. And he just, he basically said, Fabian, I need to have a drink with you. We need to discuss this. I need, I need to create a couple of brands. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, and back then it was me having a drink with someone rather than, okay, let's talk contract. Right. So <laughs> having a drink with him and he's like, shoot, Fabian, I'm starting these two hotels. I need, I need everything. I mean, I, we need the brand. We need the restaurant, you know, the design, the menus, the room keys, the, you know, the websites, I mean, it's huge, right? And I'm like, I'm like handshake. Okay, let's do this. You know, you're a past client, let's do this. And he's like, Fabian, you got to staff up. We're going to have a lot of work. And so what happened is I started, I started getting so much work from him that I had to hire more and more people. And suddenly, you know, 80% of my agency was focusing on his projects. And of course, as it goes wrong, and you can kind of like see what is this heading. Mm-hmm. You know, one one fine day, um, you know, one of my employees, she was she was pregnant, and you know, so she was about to leave, and and she said, look, um, you know, and she was our project manager, and she was like, look, you know, like you you can have you can you know, I know someone who can fill fill my shoes, and she happened to be her cousin, and she's like, and and I'm like, sure, let's have her fill shoes, you know, comes highly recommended. It's just for a couple of months, project managing, and we totally didn't hit it off. She totally mm. like didn't do a good job. So every night, I spent the night doing what she should have done during the day and like fixing things. Then at some point I just had to say, sorry, it doesn't work out. Right. And at that moment, she called this big client of mine and said, Hey, you know, I need to have a meeting with you tomorrow morning. She went to the client and she basically said, look, all of the work that's been done, it's basically me, you know, and here are all the big ideas I have for you. And I want to work for you. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like totally not legal. And so long story short, she started working for our biggest client, you know, the day after I let her go. And suddenly the client stopped paying us. Suddenly we didn't get many projects anymore. And here I was, and I suddenly had to like literally let go of a lot of people and tell them you need to look for a new new job. And so that's when I that's when I realized, you know, it's time for me to actually really rethink the whole agency thing. Like, mm-hmm. what do I really want to do? And how do I really, how do I scale this and all of that stuff? And 
you know, and at that moment, um, you know, it was really, it was, it was rough in the agency because, you know, we, we focused everything. It's all eggs in one basket. That was the biggest lesson. Never do that. Never do that. Never do anything without a contract, right? Never work with friends if you can, you know, because, because usually that's, you know, there's just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, so there were so <laughs> many life lessons and business lessons I learned from it. Um, and at that point, I decided I want to run a consultancy. I started writing um, a book, which, which you read, um, How to Launch a Brand. And, and I basically told myself, I'm from now on only going to scale financially. I'm not going to scale staff-wise. Um, and so with two people, you know, ever since, you know, I, I don't know, like the last eight years or so, and things are going absolutely fantastic and life is so easy. And, you know, you don't need to run a big thing and have lots of employees and all of that in order to do something meaningful or, you know, to actually feel fulfilled. So that was kind of like, that was, that was my, my life journey in short, even though I had a monologue for a good 15 minutes now. No, that was great. I th well, I think such a huge thing, no matter what we do, all of us always at some points think we want to be rock stars. That's it. What do you want to do with your life? Instead, it's like, no, you're passionate about something like realistic, too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think you know, my point being is like you bring it up like we all we start in a business. You want to scale it, scale it, scale it when maybe you would just be happy, you know, making this X amount of money with one employee and, you know, you can cruise and do your thing. And I think that's a huge, important lesson because we always want, we always have these grandiose ideas of what we want in life. Well, and, and, and I, I think what is so important about this too, is that we're actually financially rocking it now. You know, I mean, we're, you know, we are at the point where we were with the agency with 18 people and with two people, right? So is, yeah, the thing is, awesome. like, but, 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 you're, but you're not going after the money. You're just basically saying, look, let's, let's just do, let's just focus Right. And I think that's it. Focus is key. Mm. Let's just focus on this one thing, do it really, really well, have a perfect process, focus on which clients we want to have. And all of this, this means we can charge extra, right? We can charge extra because we're focused. Oh, they're the specialists. We can charge extra because we only work with a certain clientele. So to them, we are even more special, right? And so with all of that comes actually less work, more fulfillment, you know, and, and, you know, and, and higher revenue, which is it's a win-win and psychologically yeah. too, you're sleeping, you know, you're having weekends, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not, you're not running around like crazy. You're actually having a life and you've got a life work balance. And I think that's so key today, right? Absolutely is. Well, I think that's something I kind of being in rehab and seeing that whole experience as far as like creativity and even just finding a passion, I think is such a thing that is missing in everybody's life, finding something that what they want to do, starting a business, just even giving it a shot. I think that failure scares us and stops us when even if you fail, the things you can learn are, I mean, they're, it's unbelievable. The things I've learned in the last three years from starting a podcast, to starting a business, to getting into videography, to getting into design, getting a brand. It's like, it's yeah. insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I I um I, I read this uh, I read this quote the other day, um, and I actually have it in front of me because I, I I remembered it for this show particularly, and it said, "Not all storms come to disrupt your life; some come to clear your path." Hmm. And I think I mean it's so true, right? Because when you're down, you know, when you're really down on your knees and you're like, "How is this gonna keep going?" Usually, this is a time where really, really, really good things are gonna come out of it, right? And I mean, you notice. Right. Um, in, in, in one extreme, I know it in the business extreme, right? When suddenly you went from like being, you know, mm -hmm. billing as much as you can possibly can. And then the next month, nothing's coming in. And you're like, okay, now what? Right. Um, I think all of these are huge lessons because, you know, you're just flying, you know, you're just flying by the seat of your pants and you think like, okay, well, I can do more, 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 <laughs> more, more. Right. You know, it's the same. It's the same in both instances. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you're, I guess you're always challenging yourself, but it is funny. Yeah. We always want the more. I think. Part of what I've tried to work on in my own self is 
just realizing a everything's out of your control work hard but everything's out of your control do what you can but also like i've just learned to sit back and enjoy the ride again i've been working my ass off but i'm just enjoying it like i have no control what happens stressing about you know even over preparing people are like what are you gonna ask gary vaynerchuk on it it's like i don't i mean i'm gonna treat it like every other podcast i mean i'm gonna yeah, going to be me who I am. And I think that's such a, a thing we all have worked to get to. Yeah, but that is super important to keep. Yeah, because it's yeah exactly. Really yeah. yeah, it's like I, I heard um, I heard an interview or I read it or whatever with uh, with Billie Eilish, um, who I know keeps coming up on your podcast. We <laughs> just talked about her. <laughs> Billie oh, Eilish right, yes. said, though, Billie Eilish, um, you know, she she, um, she basically said that in the last year she started to feel like she's, um, you know, she. She, she, she started to feel like she's impersonating herself and she mm. becomes a caricature of herself in like interviews because this girl is like 18 or something. I mean, she's like so it's young, crazy. right? And when you think about what happens in one year, I mean, how you develop and how you change as a person at that age, you know, but, but she is a brand, right? Here's Billie Eilish. She's a brand. She herself thinks like she needs to be how she was a year ago because that's what everyone expects from her. It's really interesting, right? Yeah. Who was the um? Who was was it? Rihanna, I think. Rihanna was it like "Good Girl No More" or something? Was one of her uh, album titles or something? I don't know. I don't know Rihanna who it music, was, but I remember but... that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, you know, I mean, look at Taylor Swift, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. where she started, right, and where she's now, and all of these. So I think that idea that you kind of like have to get out of your own your own brand of like this is how who I am and this is how I'm going to be forever. You you know you you have to adapt, but you cannot ever lose that authenticity. You know mm -hmm. where you said when you talk to Gary, you know it, you can't be starstruck. You know you can't be like oh my god I have to have it perfectly organized because if you do it for the first time you can to screw it up oh, right? yeah. because that's just not how you are that's not how you how you work oh yeah it drives you down. but even like gaining i guess kind of what we i brought up again before we recorded developing a confidence to get in front of people which is again something that creatives need but doing something over and over again it is hard to get rid of that ego i still it's been three years for me every time i go to hit return or enter any social post that ego bump comes in like oh what are people going to think what are they going to say and learning to ignore that completely and just hit the damn button, you know, just hit the damn button. That's what I'm teaching myself to do. Like who effing cares? Yeah, no. And, and that's the big thing. And I think that that was something that I learned too, when I, when I moved from being a creator in, in the sense of actually pushing pixels and, you know, creating stuff mm -hmm. on a computer to, to being more of like a quote unquote thought leader, leader. It's like, am I that, you know, like, am I actually qualified to being that? And you always ask yourself that like, am I, is, is that, you know, and mm -hmm. everything I say about branding, I'm like, shit, I'm sure it's already been said 50,000 <laughs> times. Right. But then you realize it most probably hasn't been said in your way. And, you know, I think that a lot of people that have this imposter syndrome, you know, they have it because, and I see it with a, a lot of like my followers, a lot of it sounds really alike because it actually comes from the same sources, right? So you have to always ask yourself, am I actually copying stuff? Or am I vulnerable and I come up with stuff that, you know, because I haven't read it somewhere and it's just really my thought, you know, that that I feel like people are going to question me. Well, you want to be in that boat where you're just so vulnerable because you come up with your own stuff rather than repeating everything from everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. And and that just really bugs me, right? Like that, that sameness where, yeah, of course you're, you know, of course you feel like you're on the spot because you're just repeating other people's stuff, you know? But if you're actually coming up with your own thoughts, and that's the thing, right? Everyone is just an Instagram and everyone's just rolling themselves mm. to death instead of, you know, just going on a hike and coming up with a thought of like, oh, 
You know, like that's, you know, I mean, it's about freaking epiphanies. You're not going to have an epiphany when you scroll. Yeah, though, that's such a huge piece of it, too. I mean, who knows? I, you know, I find kind of, at least for me personally, going, finding and dealing with imposter syndrome and especially even, especially now over the last couple of years, like I said, my experience looking at like, okay, you only have a year of experience with a camera, like you shouldn't be posting anything and, you know, dealing with that. I think the best way, I mean, kind of what I just said is learn to just push the button and look away and, you know, not look at, I can't remember. I haven't looked at my podcast statistics for probably you know a couple months now every once in a while I'll peek on them but for me it's always I, I love doing this I love having conversations with people I love getting to know people it's an awesome networking tool it's an awesome just tool to collect stories and everything else and that's why I do it so focus on that and absolutely you know I could probably do stuff to promote it better and more like more social media posts but um, you know I think it's just obviously there's always that improvement but just doing it is a huge experience so kind of moving forward I do want to hear about your um, your trip from another country. I do have a side note of I have been jonesing to move to Switzerland, Norway, that area around there because this country is becoming enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty rough, but I have a feeling maybe if all goes uh, according Hopefully. to plan, um, to the actual legal democratic plan, um, you know, maybe by the end of this month things are looking a little bit rosier. Um, who who knows? Who knows? You gotta. <laughs> You got to keep fighting, you know, that's, that's what it is. But I, I do agree. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's been, a, it's been, it's been, you know, absolutely crazy. And you look at some of these European countries and how they, how they mm. go through the pandemic and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and you look at New Zealand, right. And how they, how they coped with everything. It's just, it's, it's amazing what leadership can do. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> speaking of, yeah. Well, speaking of which, you know, leadership, one of the reasons why I want to head you on here is because my area, I'm in Buffalo, New York. So I'm, couldn't really be much farther away from you in the country. But um, I have found my community, again, why I fell in love with branding was I really feel like developing it and becoming authentic, 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 blah, blah, becoming authentic and really just kind of showing who you are and how you're different and that you really want to be passionate about helping people and changing something and doing something. I feel like it could really change the community. And that's kind of why I felt I also love the whole getting in with people, getting in a room with people, getting to know people. It's like introspection for a business, right? Like, all right, who are we for real? Because so many people, it's like, you know, business is a person. You got to know who you are. And so many people walk around this planet and have no idea who the hell they are. They think they do because they know their favorite color, but they don't know who they are. And going into that with a company or like a CEO or something, I love that. I think, oh, that's fun. I can do that. I've been doing that for 15 years of my life with myself. So I have tools, emotional intelligence, read the room. Besides all that, I think it could really change my community and really show, because I've worked with these behavioral health companies. I know the high majority of them are not there to just collect a paycheck. They really right. want to see change. They really want to see people's lives get better. And how can they do that? And I really believe branding can do that. And so let's kind of dive into that section of it, I guess. The fun part <laughs> that I, you know, well, the reason why I wanted you on here mainly is to kind of talk about that, because I think. I know there's some CEOs. I know there's a lot of behavioral health employees that listen to this podcast and they don't really necessarily think they need it. Any first thing it gets cut, they confuse it with marketing, first of all. Mm. And, you know, that's a big piece of it. There are people who are considered marketing department do everything. I mean, they're always overrun. They're always overworked. And this includes nonprofits and profit for profits. And so, you know, give me a rundown view because a lot of them, I think they think maybe mental health is almost like a commodity or people just get, all right, we have to give this to them. Why do we need to promote it? Why do we need to show them? But I always thought if somebody who's staying at your 
short-term inpatient rehab. You can watch a vlog series or something on your CEO, why she's passionate about working in this company or you know, whatever it is, or an Instagram story or something. What a big difference that can make in people's lives because a lot of people believe they're just in it for the money. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and the interesting thing is, I mean, you know, behavioral health companies, I mean, they have that one thing that most organizations are really trying to have, which is purpose, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah. that's the big it's brand all over word, the place. right? <laughs> all about purpose. And they are purposeful by by nature, by design, right? I mean, they, you know, but that idea that it's all about heart and soul and it's about purpose and it's about being authentic, they have it all. And they're and they're just not doing much with it because they feel like, well, we're a commodity, like you said. But then look at it. It's it's a space full of commodities. And then people like Headspace come in and they're like, <laughs> no, brand first. And they're huge, right? And you know, and 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 all of the you know competitors look at them. They're like, oh my god, you know, like they're you know they're doing it wrong, you know, like they, you know, they're, they're they're posers, you know, like they're not you know legit. They are legit, and they're huge because they listen to people and they and they actually created a brand story. They created a brand design. They created a brand voice, literally, right, with mm-hmm. the voice of of the guy at Headspace. And so it's kind of like this thing when I when I saw them appear in the marketplace. I don't know what it was five years ago, something like that, six years. What a change, right? And there are so many companies now in in the health space and and you know organizational behavioral you know space. I mean, this is something where people have to realize this is an opportunity that. That if they don't jump on it and really start understanding, it is it is kind of a duty of any company to, to turn mm. into a brand in that space, because otherwise they're just going to be forgotten about and people are going to stop hiring them because they are not top of mind. You have to be top of mind, you know, with the people who actually decide to hire you and also with the patients, with, with you know, with, with, with your tribe. So big picture brand is the why right behind mm. behind the company and then marketing is 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 the how you know you know that's that's just kind of like getting the message out and marketing to a certain extent might not even be as important to them as brands because mm. really understanding who they are and what what their purpose is in the patient's life and how to create and this gets more to what you're doing Sean is like how to create that that bond Mm-hmm. between the patient or you know like like the person seeking help and in the company that is huge i mean if you find out how to create that bond and made it be like you said through vlogs or podcasts or um or made made be you know more in a more literal sense you know branding how do you mm-hmm. talk as a as a company you know like how you know how 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 do your emails look and feel and 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 sound um you know who who are you you know and and why would anyone remember you right and and a lot of that is the authenticity that these these companies already have just show that you know like most of them just talk about oh we're so authentic but you know like 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 how how does that actually crystallize how do people actually start seeing that and do you do you talk as boldly as a brand as you talk amongst each others and you know they might tell you oh we're so bold as a brand like we only we you know we always talk exactly how we feel but then you look at their corporate brochures and their emails and it's oh, it's stuffy oh. you know it's you know it's like one copywriter that's hired since 10 years doing the same stuff and it's like that's not a personality of a brand I just needed to leave the dramatic pause for a second because. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah we, I just needed to leave it that. because it's just it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's hysterical because here. Let me give you and I love these companies. I love them. So if you're listening to this, I love you. You guys have supported me from day one. Many companies, but listen to the list of these names: Spectrum Health, Horizon Health, Evergreen Health, Endeavor Health. I mean, they're all just the same thing. It's different colors, different bland color. It's like 
oh my yeah. gosh, some this like in this area in Western New York, it it is begging for somebody to be different. And really, that's the that's one of the biggest things. It's just somebody needs to stick out and be different and show something different. Well, and the problem is someone's going to come in, but they're going to come in from outside of the industry. Those are going to be entrepreneurs that yep. are just looking for, okay, where's another space that hasn't been filled yet by a new cool company that understands how to brand themselves and how to talk to people, right? And, 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 and it's going to happen in every single industry that isn't aware of the fact that they are the same in a sea of sameness. And they just don't have the guts to 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 push and to 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 rebrand and to really rethink who they are and how they're going to talk to mm. to their to their clients. And I think in the end, right, uh, you know, what branding is really about it's about creating trust. And what is the one thing that all of the companies you listed seek? Trust. That's what they seek. That's the number one thing, right? They seek trust in their, in their, you know, in, in the companies that they interact with, the hospitals they interact with, in their patients, in their, you know, in, in, in you know, in, in people that are under their care. It's all about trust, mm. right? And that's what yep. branding is. It's, it, it creates this trust. It creates a platform upon which you can actually gain that trust. And so, you know, when you write down what your mission is, when you write down what your values are, when you write down, you know, why you do what you do um, and you share that with your tribe in a very, very specific voice, right? The same way that Headspace had a voice, right? Mm -hmm. That's how things can change. And on my podcast, um, <clears throat> I have a show called uh, Hitting the Mark, where I talk with, uh, with founders, with entrepreneurs about their journey through branding. Um, because it's one thing if I hear myself talk all day long, um, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather hear it from other people who actually maybe haven't even hired a brand strategist or haven't even hired a branding company. I had uh, I had the the, the co-founder of Relish um on, on the show. And that's you know that's that's I think it's the number one by now the number one relationship coaching um app. Okay. Um and so you know it's it's about relationships. And so for for her she wanted to make sure that the name is you know it's non-gender specific, you know, it doesn't take a stance. And so Relish is really, you know, it's it's kind of like an emotion. And you think about headspace and you think about all of these new companies, they start with emotion. Because you talked about Horizon and, you know, Spectrum and, you know, I mean, from the get-go, the name already consures up an image and it makes you feel emotional. And that's where branding starts. You know, it starts at the name and then it goes to everything else. It's a huge opportunity. And I think whoever listens to this show who says, you know what, we could do this. We could actually turn into a more beloved brand for the next generation that is more meaningful. You know, I mean, I think that is a huge, huge opportunity right now. Yes, it is. It is begging to happen. And I think kind of going back to what we were talking about individuals in the kind of the beginning, how they all try to please everybody. And I, th I think I heard you say the quote. I think I have it down here. Um, I see brands out there who want to be everything to everybody and you can't possibly do that. I've been watching the, the series The Crown with my better half recently. And there's a quote in there that the prime minister at the time said, and it was, uh, what the heck was it? Come on, I'm gonna, I should have wrote this one down. You can't, you can't be everything to everyone and still be true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that that's a that's a huge piece of that as well. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, like, if you try to appeal to everyone, you appeal to no one, mm -hmm. right? Because then you just blah, then you just blend, then you just like all the other companies that all stand for the same three things that all say the same stuff. You know, how can you possibly stand out? Yeah, and I think that again, I think that's something that this area is really 
begging for in the behavioral health world. And I really think it could really make a connection with people to make a difference in people's lives. And how beautiful, how beautiful if you as a, as a, as a provider, basically, you know, you're not, you're not just seen as, you know, a certain stage in the, in the life of a person, but after that person leaves, you know, like your, your treatment, they think of you in 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 mm-hmm. in 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 a really big way you know like they have memories they 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 remember your name they remember your brand they remember your design they remember your language and you know and and top of mind is huge right like if you're top of mm-hmm. mind that means that word will spread and they will remember you and other people will come to you because of the experiences that they have and it's not just customer reviews it's also like how do you stay top of mind with people and that's what branding is is about too right it's like you and i would remember headspace any day right you know what is the color of headspace orange right i mean it's like immediately pops up because that is it conjures up this image in your head immediately about the entire brand. <laughs> and most of the companies that you listed most probably don't have that, right? There's not this anchor point in your memory. And, and I, I feel it's super exciting. I mean, this is, this is mm-hmm. you know, psychology, right? Yeah. Which a lot of these companies are in, the field of psychology. So why not, why not show the best of what you preach in your own company? <laughs> That's huge. I always, I, when as I kind of write down these little, tagline slogan things or whatever most 99% of our cheesy one was brand therapy for people who provide therapy <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly yeah. it and, and it's, you know that's why that's why i named my my latest book, book you know the yeah. brand therapy book because it really is therapy as, as you know doing branding because it's not you it's not your brand it's their brand so you get everything out of them and that's the same thing as a, as a company you know like it's not about you it's about your your clients your customers you know whoever you know your patients get yeah. it out of them what how they see your brand right like what does it mean to them and then basically mm-hmm. you repeat this and you put it, put it into a, you know a certain kind of aura and that is you right because that's the most authentic you is what other people think about you absolutely yeah and it's tough to do man i'm telling you I, even as an individual <laughs> especially as an organization yeah you know, i'm hoping it can really spark some change you know what has been your your journey with nonprofits i don't know how much work you've done with them I know you did mention on a Facebook post the one time that I kind of asked a group about that you give, was it 10% or something? But other than that, do you take any different approaches when you get with a nonprofit? Because I would say probably the majority of um, the bigger ones anyway in the area are definitely NPOs. But I don't know, like, does branding change? Does your strategy change at all? I think that's something people always wondered, especially at the the nonprofits. No, no, it doesn't at all. I mean, if anything, the thinking of nonprofit branding for me, um, you know, sinks more into uh, the thinking of Fortune 500 branding, right? Meaning, like, we want the bigger brands to 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 feel more like their nonprofit, like they actually are there for people, right? And it's mm-hmm. not profit first, and it's all of that. So my process is exactly the same, regardless of who hires me. Literally, I mean, if it's a one-person startup, if it's a Fortune 500, or if it's a healthcare organization, it's all it's it's the exact same thinking because there's really a process, right? There's a formula of how you can get to a great brand. And I just follow that with, with, with all of them. And I mean, with nonprofits, you know, I don't, I don't even think it's more passionate than if I work with a fortune 500, because quite frankly, I love business. I think business can really change the world, you know, to Mm -hmm. the better if it's, if it's good business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so good business by design, and hopefully I can be part of that design process. Um, And so for nonprofits, for them, it's actually more about, well, let's make sure you actually turn into a good business as well. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because a lot of them are just really all over the map, you know, because it shows 
with how unorganized a lot of nonprofits are. And, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, put that out and, and you know, saying everyone is, right? But no, a vast majority of them, yeah. And, and it, it, it's just how it is, right? With with most nonprofits that I worked with in the past, it was just a complete shit show, you know, to, to get to, to actually get to results. And so I guess that's why I have a very, you know, outlined process where everyone has to like, you know, follow <laughs> it because because that's way I can't have those type of clients anymore. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, your, your client, nightmare clients are the worst, which that's five other podcast episodes in and of itself. But... <laughs> But I do. I think I think that's such a huge piece of people. They already have the purpose, right? That's what so many other companies are looking for. They already have that. And just, you know, fine tune that, bring that together and just express that. I always said, what if you could, you know, take away half the grants you need every year because that's how loyal your tribe is and showing up to your yearly walks that you do every year or whatever, doing live, doing live sessions, you know, bring, like you said, business, good business is you bring value, they bring value. And I think in that case, like we bring you who we really are, what we're really passionate about. And you, you use us, obviously you're going to come, they're going to keep coming back to you and talking about you. I mean, when I was, man, when I was in rehab, it was, it was <laughs> some of the people that talked to they're just, they're so angry. And a lot of that is I'm angry at the world too. Right. But you know, a lot of it is they just think it's a business. There's, and there's not, there's, I mean, so many other things I know, that's uh, that's what people will say. I know there's a lot of other hoops and stuff you got to go through, but don't have enough manpower. They don't have anything. And I feel like getting your name out there, doing branding the right way, doing strategy the right way can really change that. I totally agree. And I think that was really wise what you said, because that's kind of it's the perfect excuse for any nonprofit. Well, we just don't have enough manpower. And, you know, I'm doing 10 things at the at, at the same time. You know, I've got like three roles, right? <laughs> you know, it's all mm-hmm. of that stuff that everyone says. And it's true, right? But 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 like you said, I mean, let's change that. You know, how can you? And that's back to my point. Let's turn nonprofits into businesses. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because I mean that's and, and I interviewed a lot of founders who are look, like we are running, we're running basically a nonprofit, but we're not a nonprofit because otherwise, you know, like we would we would just not feel like a business and I want to run it like a business. And and I think it's so true. Right. Um, you know, there, there needs to be a certain structure. Yes, there does. Yeah. It's funny, man. I don't know. I just feel like so many people, too, are stubborn and stuck and don't want to change. You know, I don't know how much of that has to do, too. I mean, obviously, a nonprofit, there's not really an owner. There's a board of directors. There's all of that. I don't know how much of that has to do with it. People being stuck. I'm sure it's much harder to get people to make crazy. Ooh, should we do this or not? But yeah. you kind of take, uh, you know, from Marty Neumeyer. You know, you'd be nuts not to do it. If you yeah, know, no, if, exactly. If everybody's doing it, don't do it. But if nobody's doing it, you'd be crazy not to do it. And I think that's such a piece. I think I was looking through his um, might have been the brand gap, his download you yeah. can get, and where it has all the circles and only one's black, and it's like, see what happens. And I think that's just a great example, simple to the point. Like, yeah, see what happens when you stick out. People will remember you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody exactly. remembers the quiet person or the middle of the road person. And I think that's a huge piece that people, like you said, could change, the, could really change the world and how we look at each other. This gave me hope. Like I used to have that generic, typical thing, marketing, they're liars, scumbags, advertising, blah, 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 confuse the two, have no idea what they even mean. And then I you know, found out about brand. We're like, wait, you can be real and authentic and actually help people and make a living yeah. off of it. <laughs> I was like, wow, I got to check out more of this. 
Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's why that's why I love doing what I what I'm doing, because even though I work with with corporates and, you know, and companies and, you know, there is there is a huge there, there's a huge part of what I do where I feel like I'm pushing them forwards in a direction that's better for mankind. And it sounds cheesy, but even if it's just moving a company 5% to have better values or 5% to have a bigger mission or to change the culture or to engage more with their with the users, whatever it is, in the end, it creates change, right? And if I touch five companies a week, you know, it's nice. It's like, am I doing as much as uh, someone who's working on the front line now? Absolutely not, right? But it's that ripple effect because if I'm able to, to push a company to be much more empathetic and to suddenly start supporting causes and to suddenly, you know, start bringing the purpose out. If they, if they have a thousand employees and if they're a company that's around for 20 years, hell's yes, do I make a huge <laughs> impact, right? You just never think yeah. about that because it's like, oh, I do a brand workshop and then I'm out, right? But like what happens after that, if that resonates and if that sticks, um, really amazing things can happen. And uh, thank you. I, I just, I'm just giving myself some, uh, you know, I, I need for this for the, for the new year, you know, <laughs> because, because you, you, you wonder sometimes, right? Um, oh, you know, man. how much branding and marketing, you know, how much of it is actually, you know, just. Well, you know, as everybody taught, it's very it's difficult to measure. You know, and I think that's oh, yeah. you know, that's a that's a big piece of it. I you know who I forgot to tell you I'm doing a podcast with too at the end of this month is Melinda Livesey. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Melinda Livesey. Livesey, thank you. I Yeah, gonna, yeah, not I'm Gates. Edit this I mean, out. I don't know. You know, after <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk, you might do Melinda Gates by the end of the month. I mean, Jesus. Oh, yeah, who knows? We'll see. That would be great. I bring her up because I, when you first hear her talk, you think crazy introvert. She could never get up in a room and demand attention. And to see kind of, you know, I've been a, a fan, learned a lot from the whole team over there. And to see her grow and come out of that, I think is so awesome. And that's why I reached out to her. And I was so pumped when she answered back because um, I think, again, that story can be told to so many people and change lives. I think well, it's, it's awesome. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, when when I met Melinda, she was she she was basically learning from me, right? Like she she just wanted to absorb, yeah. and it was her and a friend of hers. Um, we were in a coffee shop, and uh, and she and she basically told me, not Melinda, but her friend, um, whose name escapes me right now, but basically said, "Look, um, you sh- you should do a podcast, Fabian. That would be super important for you." And I'm like, and so in the end, that's the beautiful relationship between mentor <laughs> and mentee is that it is really. It, it is really uh, mutually beneficial, right? It's a symbiotic relationship where all, all these big shots who say, I don't have time to mentor anyone, man, are they missing out? Mm-hmm. Because if you're actually, if you give, and you know, 90% of the time it's giving, but the 10% that you get back, you wouldn't get from anyone else. And, and it usually is a perfect way for you to stay in touch with the next generation, and talking about Melinda, you know, who a lot of people most probably listening don't know, you know, don't know any of her journey and all of that and, and the context. But, you know, it's beautiful because now I look at her, you know, three, four years later and I'm like, holy smoke, she's killing it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's like, but talking about imposter syndrome, right. When she started talking about like, I'm a brand strategist and I'm like, shoot, you know, just a week ago, you asked me what brand strategy is. Right. <laughs> you know, so so it's kind of but but that's how you do it. Right. You, you have to kind of like fake it a little bit, but you have to have enough guidance and you have to have enough knowledge that you know you can wing this, right? And so in the beginning, I was looking at some of these people and I'm like, whoa, weird. You know, they're teaching brand strategy master courses and they just asked me what brand strategy is. (laughs) But it's amazing and it's beautiful. And I think that's kind of like the journey of life, right? No, it absolutely is. Because again, I've been dealing with that same thing. The same thing, right? Oh, I can't do that. I have no reason 
to apply. I wanted even even you know three years ago. I think in a, in a nutshell, really a big piece of my journey: drug addiction, abuse was a lack of self-love, no confidence in myself, hated myself. I tried to fix myself without having any of that love for myself. And anybody who tries to do that, it never works out because the pile of stuff you suck at just gets bigger and bigger. But, you know, so kind of moving forward, um, a big piece of it was me really working on that. I have to learn how to do that. And even more so the last year, I've had to really do that now. Because now, all right, I have my direction. It took me a few years, but I have my direction. It's like, all right, you know what? Screw it. You got you got to fight through it because I know I can pick things up on the fly. I know I can be underqualified for a job and work hard enough and learn fast enough and be aware enough to get it done. Well, if you don't have responsibilities, create responsibilities because then you have mm -hmm. to be responsible towards them, right? It's yes, like, you know, yes. for, for you, it's like, you know, if you just put room nine out there and suddenly it's a podcast and you proclaim to the world that you're going to do this podcast that many times a month or whatever it is, you are suddenly responsible to something that you just created out of thin air. And mm. it's kind of funny, but suddenly there's a reason, right? Like there's a yep. reason why to get up. There's a reason why to do certain things. And I mean, that's just one thing, right? But then it's your company and then it's like this and that. But I think I think responsibilities are so important. I mean, look, I saw it over, over the Christmas holiday which which i just came out of i'm i'm a hundred percent you know um in quarantine ever since march right yep. i think what's happening right now is really it's absolutely scary uh and i look around people are traveling and people are partying oh and i my just gosh. absolutely don't see eye to eye with that but i'm suffering man i mean everyone is right i mean because even though we don't have kids it's just the two of us for two weeks you know christmas at home which you know it's great i have a loving partner i have a great environment right like everything is awesome but it's still like i'm aching to do things where you're productive after two weeks like that. And I can just imagine when you get out of rehab or when you're in the situation where there is not this moment that you look forward to of, okay, from here on, there's structure, right? And there are all of these things, there's responsibilities. And that's what I mean with you have to create responsibilities for yourself so that, so that you think other people are waiting for you to do something. <laughs> Even though you might not have a single listener, but like you said, you don't look at the, you know, the data, which yep. is, which is, yep. You know? Yeah, it's it's huge. Well, I I know I knew for a, a while. It's like all right, you need I need my feet to the fire. Yeah, honestly, I I believe creativity works its best in constraints anyway. So like even that VaynerMedia interview, forty eight hours to do all of this. All right, I'm on it. Focus, hyper, and just stuff came out. You know, it's like I should send you the link because I created a, a new Instagram profile, and you should see it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, you should send it over. But, but I mean, you know, like like to that story too. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. After those 48 hours, uh, you you know, you got a second interview, which is awesome. But even if you wouldn't have gotten an, an interview again, oh. um, just the idea that you yourself did this and you yeah. you know you can do this again, that's amazing. You know, I mean, that is that is that kind of like self love. Um, you know, that, the you know, it sheds all the doubts. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the conversation I had with myself, probably out loud. Cause I talked to myself out loud all the time, but, uh, <laughs> probably well, I said, you, you don't get along these days. That's, that's good. <laughs> but I, you know, I said to myself, it doesn't, I mean, I just proved my, all right, I can do this. If I put my mind to it, there's no doubts. That's, that's enough, right? It doesn't matter what happens with that after that. This was cool. And it was awesome. But I guess kind of wrapping things up. Cause I don't want to keep too much of your time. I always kind of give people, this and I'm not going to change it with you just because the topic is kind of on more of branding. But I always ask people this question. It happened in the beginning of like my podcast stage where you know you're struggling a lot for words and oh, you're fumbling. I was just like, it was just a cheesy question that I kept it. And it was basically the 
you know, if you see the world, if everything goes according to you, the world, according to you in 10 years, what does that look like? <laughs> That's a pretty big question. Mm -hmm. Well, I think in an optimal situation in 10 years from now, we will still be around. Um, that would be huge progress. Um, you know, if <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, if we're point. still around, if there are trees and if there are bees and if there's oxygen and, you know, if we don't have diseases like now and uh, everything is stabilized, to me, that is the biggest, biggest advancement that we can possibly have. Like, I'm not even thinking about tech and I'm not even thinking about, you know, flying around in jetpacks. I mean, I, I just literally, if we if we find a way out of the climate situation um, and out of the, the political turmoil, and if we can just stabilize and, you know, become more of a global community again, 10 years, that's it. That's, that's going to go by so quickly. But if, you know, if, you know, hopefully the next, uh, the next leadership in the U S will have something to do with this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's looking pretty dire and, and I'm, I'm really an optimist, but that to me is pretty optimistic. If, you know, if we still have snow to ski on in the winters and if we, if we oh, still man. have, you know, air to breathe. Well, between that, I mean, we could do a whole overpopulation. I don't know what we're going to do about that either. So. Who well, knows? I think, you know, I think there, there are certain things that take care of this right now. You well, know, like COVID. <laughs> there is. I mean, as effed up as that sounds and as terrible as that would suck if you're a loved one and you had a loved one die from it, it's almost like an evolutionary way of, yeah. all right, we're kind of, we got to get rid of some of you guys. <laughs> and the more days that go by, the more friends I have that, uh, that you know, I mean, one is in a coma, you know, one died. Yeah. I mean, this this stuff is so real. And you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe there is something to be said about overpopulation, how things happen at a certain time in certain, you know, hundred year intervals or whatever, right? Like who knows? But, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not a philosophical answer, <laughs> uh, you know, like where it's like, here's, here's what's going to happen. But I really, I really, really hope that, uh, that we're going to be able to get, uh, the, to get that in check. No, I would say that was probably the best answer I ever had. A hundred and a <laughs> hundred and five episodes I think I've done. And um, that was a good one. Like, I hope we still have this the only ball that we know that we can survive on in the entire universe. I hope it's still habitable. That's, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be in uh in Musk's spaceship, you know, when we all, you know, finally, oh, you know, get out of, get out of this planet because we have to, you know, we'll, we'll kind of suck most probably. Cool. And my last question for you that I actually have written down and prepared to ask you is if, I mean, talking to the nonprofits, behavioral health organizations, if they could do one thing to kind of just change things up at all, as far as their brand, getting their purpose out there, what they're passionate about, what would your advice be on that? If there's one thing that they should do is they should, they should spend a day where all the leaders of the organization sit together and only dedicate the day to brand thinking. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's there are plenty of exercises out there. You know, one of one of them is, you know, is is, is my course. It's called eresonate.com. They can go there. But it's basically they need to do it with a guide, you know, um, to to go through, you know, like what is, you know, what is our positioning in the marketplace and how do we differ? That alone is like mind blowing and that's mm. going to take them three hours, right? Because like you said, they're all the same. So, yeah. okay, so, so let's write a positioning statement and make sure we finish it in a way where it's really deep and it actually suggests an, an emotional response from our audience, right? Um, you know, what is our new mission? Not the blah mission that we always had and it's not going to change, but literally five people are sitting in a room in 2021 and this is our company now, what really is our mission? 
right? What are the values that we share with the people that go through our institutions? You know, like what are our shared values? Things like that. So I think the most important thing is really to spend eight hours together as a group to realign what the company stands for and what the brand's purpose is. And after that, things are easy. Because then they can hire people like you. They can hire, you know, like marketers to actually then tell the story and bring that story to life. But you first have to have that story. So I think creating that from within is important. And guess what? 99% of people that are listening are not going to be able to do that because it's like, oh, they're also busy or we cannot all get into one room or like there's a marketing department for that. But cut that. It's not, it doesn't work like that. It needs to come from the top. That's, yeah, that's, that's huge, man. Yeah. I mean, I think about all the people just take care advantage. How many people listen to that dude? I've probably heard everything the dude said. That's what people say. What question you got? I've heard everything he has to say. If I don't apply it, then what else? You know, he can only say it so many times. But how many people have heard him give these amazing speeches and just don't execute? Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just do it. Get together in a room yeah, it's, well, and talk. It's- Look, look, you know, my job is easy because I'm not doing it, right? I'm just saying it. It's so easy <laughs> to preach, right? So I do understand. I mean, I was, I, I was part of an organization where we hired Gary Vaynerchuk for a conference. And it was the same thing where I knew exactly. It's all mm-hmm. so exciting. But the minute that he leaves, no one's going to act upon it, right? Yep. And so it takes, it takes guts and it takes, you know, it takes discipline to actually act upon it. But, you know, back to Marty Neumeyer's graphic, right? If they sig, you sack. You have to, because otherwise you're just, you're just a commodity. And you know what happens with commodities. Mm-hmm. Over time, you're going to go kaput, right? So it's really about survival. It's like, you know, it's like digital transformation. Before last year, digital transformation was a nice to have. Now it was a need to have. And now look mm-hmm. at all of, I mean, the smallest bakery around the corner suddenly digitally transformed. Right. And you can you can place orders online and, you know, you've got curbside pickup and all this stuff that would have taken them 10 years to do if they ever really you know wanted to. But now they needed to. So, you know, you should better do it now before you actually really need it. You know, yeah. and then when you if you do it because you're forced to don't say you're innovative either because you did it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't change because you're innovative. You changed because you had to. <laughs> right, exactly. That's each. So before you get off, where yeah, where can people get a hold of you? Um, I will leave everything to your podcast, all that stuff in the links when I post this. But you know, let people know where they can get hold of you if they want to either listen to your podcast, hire you, perhaps. Uh, where would Absolutely. that be? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So they can go to uh, finian.com. That's F-I-N-I-E-N.com. And uh, there they can find everything. Uh, they can click on books. Uh, they can they can find out about Bigger Than This, How to Launch a Brand, the Brand Therapy book, all three of those. Or they can uh, look for the podcast Hitting the Mark, uh, which is also at hittingthemarkpodcast.com. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you again. I think people people have to know like this isn't this isn't a, a guest of, okay, he's kind of known in Western New York. You're, you're the shit, Fabian in your uh in your field so um people you're known pretty i mean i pretty you're pretty popular i know that so i know you um have good influence and you know what the hell you're talking about most importantly because you've experienced it and learned from your mistakes and have developed all of this so thank you again for chatting with me i'm very grateful absolutely my pleasure sean awesome It's been about having a great conversation. It's just been about having a great conversation. It's just been about having a great conversation.
just been about having great conversations. It's just been about conversation.